Process. Ricky and Julia produce Metroland, which is a comic from Avery Hill Publishing. It's been two issues so far. How many issues are there going to be? Do you know? Five. Right. Five. Okay. And it's essentially a story about music and mystery and time travel or displacement. Yeah, it's kind of set in a universe where most people who died in music didn't die. And there's a group of characters who uh, are in a band and they're all buried into music and kind of about their relationship and also the mystery of why those people are all still alive. So it's like you, Ricky. You started the project how long ago, initially? Um, probably about five years ago, I'd say. Okay. Is that something like that? And to give a bit of context, you are part of a publishing concern called Avery Hill Yeah, publishing. so um, what, what we did originally, we uh, had a little zine called Tiny Dancing, which was started by David White, who is a good and he's my um, partner in Avery Hill, which is our publishing company. Um, so we did Tiny Dancing for a little while where I used to write and draw Metroland and that appeared um, in about eight issues of that. Then we created Reads, which was our comics anthology, so I started doing it in that. And then that came to a natural end where I wanted to do it as a longer comic. And at that point I realised I needed the proper artist to draw it. Um, so I approached Julia with that thing. So in terms of you doing the strip in the uh, magazines, what sort of length would they be normally? Um, between, well, the first one was four pages, which doesn't sound very long, but then I realised today that actually issue one of Proper Metroland that Julia drew was kind of an extended version of those four pages. It was still the same arc. So um, then after that, it went to about sometimes ten pages, mainly because I could, because it was our thing. So Yeah, yeah I think you're controlling the content. So what, what would dictate it? Would, be, would it be as much as you were willing to do? Deadlines, generally, Deadlines, I would right. just stop when it had to be in. So, right. yeah. <laughs> I, page. I'd have an archive to get to, so then I'd just draw that last page. And when you decided to relaunch it, would that be a... What, what would be the... the it was kind of a... To... Yeah, it was probably just a reboot, I guess, because I'd... It grown so organically, and I'd had this kind of ideas, and it was really, really big. And I realised that if you're drawing four to ten pages once every six months, you're never going to get to that point that I wanted to get to. So I decided to reboot it and then just pick out probably a small part of the story and just tell that part. Um, and kind of have the other stuff, the wider issues going on underneath it, where I could, if I decided to do more than those five issues, we could come back and kind of expand all that. But um, yeah, I decided just to really narrow the focus and make it more about those particular characters. And in terms of the initial story... Because it is sort of multi-dimensional and plays with time and space a lot. <clears throat> is that still canon? Is that still stuff that happened in a kind of way? If I wanted to, kind of like original Doctor Who when they rebooted that, where they were like, no, it's not really part of the story, but if you want to bring it back in at some point, we might do. So I probably could, but I doubt, I doubt it. So when you decided to bring an artist in, was it a case of scouring a lot of different places, or, or was it okay? Okay, so it's like seeing Julia's work and deciding it would be a good fit. Um, well, I had some really, really tight criteria on who I wanted, and most of that criteria I wasn't really going to find apart from about I think I had about four people on the shortlist, and it was generally um, people who were into music, kind of knew about 
the culture around the kind of music, so the clothes, um, the kind of the attitude. People I knew could do that, and people I thought were quite cool, I guess. Um, and then when none of those people wanted to Same off for that. Yeah, and also, um, like about a year before, I, uh, Julia was doing commissions, and I commissioned her to do two of the characters from Metroland. Mm. And I'd actually forgotten about it, and I was kind of looking for it, and I was like, yeah, that's exactly right. And yeah, so. I asked Julia at that point. And Julia, when you were approached, have you worked with writers? Oh, you've worked with writers, but on, it, on anything as long as this before? Um, not really. I mean, I guess I, I did, um, I did um, this comic with Howard Hardiman called... Um, um, oh, the Peckham Invalids. Peckham Invalids. It yeah. was a longer name than that. Peckham oh, House the, of Invalids? The House like of... Yeah, yeah House <laughs> of I can't believe I forgot. But um, anyway... <laughs> and how many uh, pages was that? Uh, that was about 24 pages, but that was the first thing that I've done at that length, and um, it was terrible, <laughs> because I just wasn't used to um, yeah, drawing that much, so, um, and, and then the project kind of fizzled out anyway, so um, yeah, this is the first long comic series. In that you will do um, all five issues. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. So in terms of what Howard gave you and what Ricky gives you, is it full scripts? Is it outlines? How what 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 was the what was the way that Howard did it, and how does that contrast? With uh, they're the both full scripts. Both full scripts. Yeah, yeah. So. And in terms of generating the scripts, you were saying you were working from the older material. When you were working by yourself, Ricky, did you script it yourself, or was it no. a case of just like getting to the page? No. Um, trying to think what I did now um, I probably I think I plotted it out and kind of vaguely knew what I wanted to achieve on each page then I would kind of lay it out um, and then fill in the dialogue after that I guess so, so you wouldn't really write anything down no. to prepare have you written full scripts for another artist before mm, yeah once uh, for my friend Steve but that that was it it was uh, and never anything that long it was quite yeah it was quite weird suddenly happened to write a script for 22 pages of comics you think that sounds quite easy but then you realise it's actually quite a lot of work and I've always <laughs> been quite blasé about that um, and always going like Mark Miller how can it take him like a year to write one issue um, or some things um, and then yeah it just is a lot of work and you go through so many drafts and yeah it's possibly even harder because you just can't when, when you're doing it yourself you can kind of visualise it a lot more and it's a lot more obvious what's working and what isn't whereas with the script, it kind of might look okay on the page, but then when you kind of put the dialogue and stuff, and when you give it to somebody else, and you realise that you've got the wrong character speaking at the wrong time because they should be on this side of the panel, and it all gets quite complex at that point and quite technical, and that's why people have to be good. <laughs> they have professionals doing this kind of thing. <laughs> in terms of formatting it for Julia to read, what, did you go look anywhere for guidance in terms of how to lay? Um, I'd kind of written, I'd written the radio play before, so I kind of use that kind of format, and I don't think you particularly cared how we did it really did you? <laughs> in, in that kind of way. It was was more that like, the second script? Uh, the I, second one, yeah. The one that uh, I sent back more, to you completely yeah, reformatted. You, when you're a lot more, <laughs> you're a lot more comfortable with me by the second one, so you just kind of yeah, yeah. By the first yeah. one, I didn't know. So First one, you just fixed it quietly. The second yeah. one, you went and just fix it. Yeah, yeah. It was on a website. There were notes. Uh, there was crossing out. Yeah, I sent you a Google Docs with like yeah, you did. Like, <laughs> annotations. I'd never even seen all the way website. down the side. Did you bring that Google Doc tonight? No. <laughs> I mean, I, I I guess I did for my phone, but let's not. That's not. <laughs> let's just imagine how bad that was. No, I, I think my favourite comment on it was. Um, 
favourite comment, Julia? Uh, it, it was uh, Ricky. It's not 2007. Anyway. <laughs> 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 Might have even been 2006. Might have even been harsher. <laughs> what's What's great there is that's not even a technical point. That's purely content, isn't it? So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's purely just references, yeah. clothing, where people go to be cool. That kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no, it's moved on from shortage. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that much younger than you, so this is, yeah. Because music is, it's, it's a tough one to nail, isn't it? It is a thing where, I mean, um, I think I might have told both of you this uh, independently, but last year I reread The Invisibles, the uh, Grant Morrison thing, and obviously the whole point of Invisibles is a lot about the future and futurism and futurists and being on the bleeding edge of <coughs> culture and society. And uh, there's an incredible scene where King Mob's on a roof just listening to uh, a Walkman. Fair enough, he's not going to supposed to reinvent uh, technology. But uh, a character comes over and goes, what are you listening to? And he pulls away headphone and goes, and just looks really cool and goes, uh, cool shake. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you've got to live with that forever. You see, really got to be careful. So well done, Julia, for... Uh, yeah, yeah, I try and get away with it. Like, it's an alternate universe, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> In this universe, Paul Shaker are brilliant. All right? <laughs> That's impossible. <laughs> so, in terms of uh, research and referencing, yeah. the fact that it is an alternate universe means you could get away with absolute murder in terms of fashion and style and whatnot. Do you reference things, or do you allow yourself to have that freedom? Um. Don't actually, not really. Um, I just kind of always thought it was more interesting if the discrepancies in the timeline were just really, really small. So right. you know, you don't have people walking around with like weird alternate universe clothes. And it's not Mega City One where no. wearing, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and always wearing like weird like, cone shaped hats or <laughs> you know. Um, so no, I mean, I I kind of do my research. Um, I, I just look at bands, to be honest, and different um, bands that the, the fictional band would be into. And, uh, I don't know, I, I look at people outside as well, a lot in the pubs and clubs and things. Um, so, yeah, do that. <laughs> yeah, I think most of the conversations we have are about clothes, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so. in, in the context of the comic, because I'll have definite ideas on certain characters, and you will. Mm. And I'll put, again, I'll put references in, mm. and you'll go, that, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, this character's wearing this, like, outlandish thing, he looks ridiculous, you're like, oh, I think that looks quite normal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also live near Goldsmiths, so um, I've, I've got to... I'm that. constantly surrounded by really, really young people trying to look really trendy, so, um, yeah. Yeah, because there's a couple of scenes in the comic where, like the scene where the guy's got his stuff laid out on the bed ready to go out, mm. and the scene where the guy's girlfriend dresses him and he signs up for rehearsal. That's so, the one we talked about. That's the one we talked about a lot. Music and fashion are obviously intertwined, so it's something yeah. that uh, you do have to be aware of. In terms of, uh, just getting back to the core story as well, uh, the main character is called Ricky Stardust. Mm -hmm. So, and you said yourself in the sort of editorial pages in the, in the back matter that there's a, an autobiographical element to it. Yeah, not, I, I know this sounds like I protest too much, but not so much that character, but more kind of stuff that me and my friends were kind of around at the time. So it's more the kind of music scene and stuff that other people I knew got up to and occasionally stuff I got up to in the sense 
the odd drunken night where I might not have remembered what was going on. And um, yes, yeah, some of the situations he ends up in, I probably have been in, but not necessarily as cool as he is in those situations. <laughs> or as dickish, he's a bit of a dick as well. So it's, but in a charming way, I think. Um, so yeah, that, there is a degree of that. And a lot of the characters do have aspects of them that are people I know or uh, definitely knew 10 years ago. So. Yeah, there, there is a lot of that in it, which is part of the fun for me, really. And the characters live in a castle, which, as yes. it sounds, is a real <coughs> castle. That is yeah, I, I used to live down the road. Most of the places where people live, I either live near or lived in. So, not in that castle. But I always wanted to, because you could rent rooms in it, and it was amazing. Uh, but stupidly expensive. Um, so, I, I kind of always wanted that to be a part of it. I kind of thought of it like a superhero base. Um, because there is that aspect of bands as well. They're kind of like a superhero team. Everyone has costumes. They're kind of everyone has a role to play within it. And um, the kind of yeah, the, I thought living in the castle kind of really um, brought home a lot of those aspects. So. And that is based on a real place. Did you yeah. go there? Did you or Google Images? Google, <laughs> Google Images. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm afraid uh, a lot of the places I do know because uh, a lot of them are like in the first issue. There's a lot around Greenwich, mm -hmm. and in the second issue, there's a lot around London Bridge. But, um, the second yeah, shoe features uh, a comic shop as well, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really difficult to draw. <laughs> so much shit on the walls. And <laughs> <laughs> tubes. Um, there's a scene yeah. in the second issue, if you haven't read it, that basically takes place around this table uh, where there's a, a meeting of uh, an apocalyptic cult, kind <laughs> of. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's loosely based loosely not, based on the not all room. loosely based on process but one of the characters is actually smoking and Julia's first note to me was oh my god why is she smoking around the box <laughs> <laughs> yeah the table's cleared I mean and she is but the thing is that the table's cleared and she's moved away from the table so I think psychologically you couldn't bring that character to be smoking anywhere near books would be yeah quite like that so. wrong. <laughs> um, yeah so with the the interior of Gotch, you say difficult to draw. Was that something you did from memory, or were you sort of? Oh like, no, 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 no. I mean, I, I I guess it was a little bit easier to draw than from reference usually, just because I spent so many years here. But um, no, I, I I use reference for photographs for everything. Um, Ricky, you brought along some early tiny dancing. Yes, I did. Yeah. Should we give out? And did you bring along original artwork as well? Me? Yeah. Yes, I did. Yes, because you asked me to. One of the things we're going to do is look at Ricky's artwork for his original run on Metroland. And then look at Julia's <laughs> and put them next to each other. And we can, I don't know, vote or something, or just let okay. sit in so silence and realise that one is. Uh, some here. Yeah, there's some reads, uh, which was our kind of anthology title. Um, Tiny Dancer. And I brought this, which is uh, Julia's first oh metro drawing. Yeah. <laughs> Had you forgotten that you've done that? No, I just haven't looked at it for a really long time. I also designed your own characters totally differently from yeah. what they ended up looking <laughs> like uh, <laughs> in the actual comic. <coughs> um, and this was a metro line commissioned by Rachel Smith, who did House Party, which is over there. Um, and this one is by a girl called Betha Muir, which she did for me a couple of years ago. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I know Beckham. Weird. You know? Yeah. She's yeah, she's done. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, she's done the comic as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, possibly, I don't know if it's the same. Um, and have you got the original artwork? Uh, yeah, I just oh, handed it down. So, um, just, can we just have a look at sort of. So, this is the, the size you're working at? Yeah, sometimes A5 when I had to do it really quickly, um, which is probably not the te most technical reason for why you were doing it as A5, um, and other times A4. It looks like some of it's in black and white and some of it's in colour. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or was that a thing where, from like, you know, know magazine to magazine? I was talking to Gareth Brooks, Brooks on Twitter last night and I was like, they wanted to bring some of my art, I coloured it in and felt it. <laughs> <laughs> so this was coloured in just for tonight? No. no. Right. I was going, I think did that last night, panicked, just uh, go down to the corner shop just and get some. Just sitting at home, just um, No, I was, there were, there were reasons why I did it. I, I, I'm... As much as it looks like I'm trained in art, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so I was trying to make up techniques as I was going, and I decided this was a good idea to kind of show if there were characters in the background to bring people I don't know to skills. So, yeah. I don't know why I was doing it. I kind of enjoyed <laughs> it. So in terms of, you know, you saying you're not trained in art and then working with an artist, did that make you rethink it visually as well in terms of the ambition of, of layouts and the way... No, that it's stuff that I always that. wanted to do, but just couldn't draw um, so I kind of always had particular ideas and then I was like yeah but I'm not actually going to draw that castle <laughs> <laughs> so although I did but um, do you hate drawing that castle Is it, does no it the castle's, the okay, castle's fine yeah. no, it's actually quite easy yeah, okay, that's cool. um, as castles go <laughs> so you yeah, sort, of, sort of write it out and then bring it back in based on what you felt comfortable drawing yeah, whereas now you can sort of write it all out and feel comfortable knowing that yeah I, I can like I was uh, lobbing grenades at Julie the update going yeah I've just written this double page spread which is one of the most intricate things I've done and um, I know I don't have to draw that so that's really because <laughs> really with that kind of thing it's more like it's like when you write a fight scene and say they fight and right. you're done for two pages whereas mm. the artist will have to then draw that so yeah. which is really good fun um, it's the thing about this as well because there's so many gigs and concerts in it. Yeah. You constantly have to draw um, <coughs> crowd scenes. <laughs> yeah, I like crowd scenes. Yeah, yeah. But I used yeah, to like drawing crowd scenes, so I, I, don't, I just find that fun because I quite like drawing people, so that, those are the bits I actually enjoy. So it's not being mean. It's, yeah. <laughs> so, in terms of, so you said with the first issue, you hand over the scripts and you drew it as it was scripted and, and possibly made changes that you felt need to be made without sort of referring back to Ricky in just technical things and yeah. whereas with the second one you felt more confident to sort of yeah. point out the things could be a bit smoother. Yeah, yeah. I think also I had more time because um, when I was doing the first issue I was still working here full time so um, it was kind of done on weekends and evenings and holidays and between. So I think I was probably a lot less, um, well, thinking about it a lot less. I was just kind of like writing, draw this. Um, and also, I mean, when I look at it now, I kind of hate it. <laughs> um, you know, I'm kind of thinking if we ever do something else with Metroland, that'll definitely be one that I'd want to redraw. Um, but uh, it was kind of like the warm-up. <laughs> issue for me so um, by the time the second um, one came around I've changed formats I decided to draw an A3 instead of A4 I changed pen and um, styles a little bit as well <laughs> and um, I guess yeah I just had a lot more time to put a lot of thought into it and try to make it um, 
really, really good. <laughs> but in terms of communication, so I'm guessing with issues one and two, you've handed things over to Julia and then waited for us to come back. Whereas you were saying, you're talking the other night to Julia about there's a crowd scene coming up. So now you're sort of, are you discussing things more or are you just sort of like flagging up things that will be coming up? For me, the, the main thing that changed between one and two was um, probably a lot more shorthand because I knew Julia a lot better. I then, because I, I didn't really know her personally that well at that time, so since then we've kind of, I've got to know her a bit more, so I kind of, we got more of a shorthand <coughs> on how we discuss stuff. And I was just putting little notes for her going, yes, yeah, a bit like this, you know what I mean. And, um, so that, that, that really helps. Um, yeah, it's, I, it's part of the re- it was what I kind of always wanted from an artist is because when you have to really when you're talking to someone, it's almost like a different language if they don't really understand the same type of stuff that you do. Um, so you can talk about bands and attitudes and things, and I know Julia will just get that, and I don't have to scour the internet looking for loads and loads of photo references, or I know she will just do something better, so I don't have to even worry about it. Um, so that I'd say that's the main thing. Issue one, I think the only thing we really so a lot of that was probably the cover that was probably the only thing where we went through a few iterations yeah, of it yeah. everything else yeah it was just perfect basically so it was just kind of I was just seeing pages come in and especially as it was the first one I didn't know what was going to happen so and then for it to be such a personal thing that I'd been drawing myself and it's like okay someone else is going to do that now which is really exciting and then to, put, to have it arrive and it being exactly what you wanted was just kind of a totally amazing experience um, so yeah, I guess it's more of a shorthand, I'd say, is how your communication changes. And also, as the, uh, the sort of relationship and the collaboration develops, will you find yourself, do you think, or have you found yourself, writing for Julia in mm-hmm. a way that... Yeah, totally. I mean, I kind of know more which characters she likes, and we'll kind of... Like, we're talking about some of the backup strips, and that Julia was, like, jealous of the way that Becky drew... Um, uh, Jessica, uh, the main female character. So I was like, okay, more so Jessica good. in this issue for Julia to draw because <laughs> um, that character's not really been around in the main strip that much. So that that kind of thing, yeah, probably it's kind of more fun for me if I think I'm giving Julia stuff that she will actually want to do. Um, yeah. So. And as you say, you're sort of you're using shorthand because you sort of know that Julia will get the same uh, ideas as you. But is that all? Can you see that? Oh, has that also developed into a way where you're sort of leaving space for Julia? You're sort of writing up to a point and then sort of going, but here, you know. I'm yeah, so, yeah. I, I think there were kind of a lot of notes where I just go, oh, just do what you like. I don't, yeah. I don't mind. Um, well, you gave yeah. me um, an entire character in the band to design. Yes. Um, yeah. To begin with, and um, a lot of side characters as well. You were like. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so free, free yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have ideas on some of the characters, but yeah, we've got, especially in the last issue, I think it was um, the female character who takes Ricky's star that's home. We yeah. kind of discussed that one a lot more, and I was just like, I've got some ideas, what do yeah. you think? And so yeah, that, that kind of stuff a lot more, which is more exciting to me as well. I'd much rather it was more of a collaboration in that kind of way. Because obviously, famously, you know, in terms of comic book collaborations, um, probably most famous is Lee, Lee and Kirby, who sort of... We're very likely in There's that famous story of um, the Fantastic Four issue where Galactus turns up, and Jack Kirby asserted that the only thing the script said was, they meet God, and he had to sort of design the characters and plot out the things. Uh, and that's like the most vague thing. But I mean, as an artist... Would you find that intimidating or would you find that empowering, do you think? If someone just said to you, um, and at this point, all hell breaks loose, would, you know, would that no, be something? I, I like that. You like that? Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. I think it's... Um, He's grinning, so... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like you were saying before, um, when you're um, 
kind of writing your own comics a lot quicker and it's a lot easier because you've got it all there in your head and if you have um, a separate and artist then um, yeah it can be difficult going through those stages and just knowing whether you're translating it properly or whether you're doing the best thing for it whereas if somebody goes just do whatever you want here you can this is what I want. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the, the comic as a whole, as you say, there's, there's backup strips, which, I don't know, you call them backup strips, but they do feel like, in terms of the structure of the story, as if it, it's, you know, a, certainly a larger piece. They don't feel like it's to the side. It does feel very centred. Yeah, I mean, um, they, like I said, because it it's such a big story in my head, all the stuff that's going on, and I know I can't fit all that into the main strip, it's quite a lot of fun to go, okay, well, two years ago this happened, and it's kind of invulnerable, so you can ignore it if you want to. So if we ever collected the main strip, I don't have to put that stuff in there. Um, and also it's a good chance to um, get other artists involved and stuff. So, yeah, but they, they kind of, they all do fit into the puzzle, but they don't have to, which I, it's quite, that's quite good fun, really. So. Have you worked out who the artists are going to be in terms of the backups across the series? Uh, yes. Would you be happy to say names? Um, or? Not until I've told them. <laughs> 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 or asked ask them to the point. Uh, well, only I like gone from told to ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I guess I, I've talked to Owen, Owen Pomery for a while about doing something because... Um, one of the ones I drew, which is probably floating around, was um, an episode based on uh, From Hell. And there's a scene in From, well, about an issue of From Hell where they go around in a hackney carriage and they visit all the Hawksmoor churches. And so I get two characters to go around uh, in a car and visit all the um, gig venues in London and kind of do a little bit on their history. <coughs> trying to draw a bit like Eddie Campbell, really scratchy and kind of th- that kind of panel layouts. Um, and I decided the best person to actually do that properly would be Owen. Um, so uh, I don't know if you guys know him, but he does a Megaferium club and between the billboards and he's uh, an architect, uh, architectural illustrator in fact. And so I, yeah, so he's one of the people. Um, yeah, yeah, in terms of like urban design, he'd be spot on. Yes. With the sort of Plus again, he's itself. a music person. He's yes. into all that stuff. Um, so again, I've got the shorthand references and we go to gigs together and stuff. So yeah. And there'll be Eddie Campbell, Alan Moore collaboration on From Hell's another interesting one where um, Alan Moore was living in Northampton and Eddie Campbell was living in Australia and Alan Moore was just faxing over page after page of very detailed scripts and uh, posting over like reference material. I was thinking about that when you asked me the question about whether you, do you like to have a free hand or not because Eddie Campbell's just horror in getting these incredibly detailed panels which he had to draw in like a little square like this on a page and then going, I'm not doing this. Just drawing <laughs> a church, like a silhouette of a church spire and then just going, whatever. Yeah, you know, that, that's kind of stressful. <laughs> he tells a great story where uh, Alan Moore uh, in the script describes... Uh, this street scene and there's a man being led in chains down the street there's an alligator crawling through uh, the gutter and there's two children uh, fornicating in any way who are brother and sister (laughs) (laughs) lots of details that is not going to come out and sort of play any larger part in the story and uh, White Chapel in the background. Yeah, so yeah, yeah and it's like the church looms over <laughs> yeah. it all, and like it just it just writes this like three page description of, of this panel, and Eddie Campbell just wrote back and went, "That's ridiculous," and just wrote the church, um, drew the church uh, looming over the central character, which is what you need. But um, he said that Alan Moore made sure that uh, 
later on in the, in the script, one of the characters uh, talks about the sights that you might see in London. And <laughs> goes on this rant and goes, I've seen it all. Men led in chains down the street, <laughs> crocodiles in the gutters, children who are probably brother and sister for the game and So he's still got it in, but yeah. he's like, if he wants to write it, I'm not drawing it. <laughs> they also, you know, and, and this is the other thing as well, I mean, Alan Moore famously does very detailed scripts and has very specific ideas about how he wants it to look. And um, Eddie Campbell again tells a story about receiving a package that was just photographs or things clipped from books of door handles. And it was like, these are the door handles for the asylum. These are the door handles for the police station. And these are the door handles for the church. Don't confuse them. And it was just this sort of level. But, you know, and it produces this wonderful work. Yeah. But... I imagine for an artist it would be very sort of frustrating to sort of, you know, I suppose on the one hand you're like, I'll just draw that. It's yeah. done. And, you know, obviously Eddie Campbell's given remarkable scope throughout yeah. the piece to do uh, other things as well. Yeah. But I think your your method is uh, healthy. <laughs> <laughs> of, uh, Probably. Let's I'm not ruling it out by issue So as well as doing... Uh, Metroland, you... That's the title. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you, you also run Avery Hill. Have you got any yes. other plans to do other titles yourself? Um, I, I have ideas, Steve. I have ideas. Uh, well, I, I write a, a strip for Reed's uh, anthology title. Um, but apart from that, no, not, not while Metroland's going on. I just don't have time. Really. But, um, yeah, I kind of have stuff that I want to do in my head that Metroland's probably quite big and also it's kind of my baby as well so yeah um, yeah. so it's five issues and you've done two so far yeah well it's five issues for this arc I guess there, right. there is a lot more right. that I may do after that Julius who wants to do it or like <laughs> the next Walking Dead yeah ever yeah I think if we did I, I'm not sure I'd do five issues again. I don't know if it's the best way to do it. Um, it makes sense in some ways, but in other ways, I suspect I'd probably want to go to like a 60-page specials every now and then um, and try and think of it like that rather than... And have self-contained stories and those that are part of the larger story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of more like like they do with League of um, Extraordinary Gentlemen and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And have you started doing any other long-form work with any other... No, I haven't. Um, and do, do you think at the moment with Metroland that you'd have time to? That's no, no not at all. I don't think so. Um, no, because, um, yeah, I'm doing too many other things at the moment. I, I've been meaning to write my own long-form thing, but, um, yeah, I, I just keep pushing it far to the future because it turns out there's other stuff as well. So. Um, does anyone have any questions for Ricky or Julia? Yes. How many how many pages of art do you, how many pages is the metro land? Um so Julia's strip is only twenty and then there will be about ten to twelve pages of the backup strips. Yeah, how, how long does that take you to produce twenty pages? Twenty pages. Um somewhere between one and a half, two months yeah, usually. Yeah. I guess it's hard because you say the first issue you were doing while you were working full yeah. time and yeah. the second <coughs> issue you were doing while you were working freelance. Yeah, I, I had a lot more time at the not that much more time, unfortunately. <laughs> Talking <laughs> of the second issue, yeah. is that the complete artwork? No. no. Yeah. Wow. Do you um, I don't have the cover because I couldn't find it, which is worrying. <laughs> um, but it was in. About it's on. It's on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> it was in uh, four different parts anyway because I put it together in Photoshop. Right. Um, so it would have been fairly uninteresting, I think. But um, yeah. 
Um, so immediately you're using larger paper. Yeah. Ricky. That's the first. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only difference. <laughs> uh, and in terms of in terms of materials, what are you using? Um, I'm just using a pencil brush pen. Okay. Um, I keep trying to go pro and get actual brushes and ink, but I'm no. Nope. I and you I'm just going to keep drawing with that pencil brush pen until and the end you, you colour digitally. digitally yep. Um, so I actually, um, for this one, I've started bit of blue pencil there. This, yeah, because I left that panel as the very last thing I drew for some reason. Okay. I think it's because I needed to look up what a beagle looked like, and I was <laughs> lazy to it's do just it when I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a stick dog. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I've started um, penciling it and then inking it once and then inking it twice and sometimes even three times because my penciling is so undetailed that I... Um, yeah, there's too yeah, much dialogue through. on that page. Did <laughs> 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 you see that now? It was a quick one to draw, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was that was good. Um, we won't hand round uh, the proper art. We hand round Ricky's because, like, <laughs> we'll chill on it over there. That's fine. But um, Julia's uh, well, well, stuff will we'll be, put it out, yeah, put it we'll out be up there, here so you can yeah. come up and have a, a proper it. look if you want. <laughs> um, yeah, I've used a lot of black on this, and um, as I was doing Sorry, it, cut you out, just really. as I was doing it, um, I was thinking. I could just use the fill tool in Photoshop. Yeah, I did wonder where your uh, colouring. Um, but I just no, I just quite therapeutic. I just like making things different for myself. I think I quite like the way um, pages look when they're finished. So in Photoshop, do you amend the images much at all, like correcting errors or anything? Um, yeah, I, I clean it up. Um, I correct little errors sometimes when there's something that I didn't like I um, try to redraw it but this was before I had a good um, tablet or anything so a lot of the changes are actually um, I don't know if you can a lot of the changes are actually like yeah, glued on uh, <laughs> old style just because it was quicker and um, yeah just because I didn't have um, Photoshop brushes that were very good. And what, once you've got them in Photoshop, I assume, have you got a separate file for each page? Is that yeah, yeah, a separate file for each page. So in terms of printing or probably how you put it together, is that something that the printer just sorts out? I actually send um, the single PDFs to Ricky, mm -hmm. and then you put it together, don't you? Well, Dave actually puts them together. Dave puts them together. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Yeah, what's your, I use InDesign. InDesign, okay. Do you find the PDFs very high enough quality? That kind of work? Yeah, as long as you export it to higher quality and you extract it back out, you're under DDI, definitely. Yeah. And that ends up being A4, A5? Is it? Uh, like a kind of American comic book format, oh, like right. a B5. Right. We should probably grab Yeah, have copies of... Uh, yeah. 300 DPI is enough. Yeah, for most printers, yeah. Yeah, it gets you... Um, there's only yes. 300 DPI in that in the, in the printer format. So that's the first oh, one. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah that's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I never, I never work over three hundred pi because yeah, there's no difference after that really in print quality. Um, and you use uh, Rich Hardiman as a printer? Yes, yeah, most of that stuff, most of the Avery Hill stuff, goes through Rich Hardiman, who is a 
very lovely man and um, helps us a lot. He's really, really good for spec and stuff like that. He'll literally he'll talk us through it all now and kind of go, oh, if you did it like this, it'd be a bit cheaper and this would look a lot better. And yeah, he's great. Print consultant. Yes. He runs a, a publishing company called, uh, a printing company, I should say, called uh, Comics Printing UK, which is very is he good. He's not, but he's not too far out, is he? Yeah, he lives in London, doesn't well, he? No, he's moved to Cardiff. Oh, is he moved? Oh. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll speak to him, email him, email him. Yeah. Um, and this is uh, the scene uh, in Gosh. Yeah. So you can see the <laughs> establishing shot of us outside, and then this is, this is kind of you lot sat right <laughs> Less people there, though, isn't it? Yeah, less, yeah. Less. no, it's true. These are really pop cults are not as... Uh, <laughs> Did you, give, did you give them rights for that picture? It w- well, our lawyers are looking at it. They were, they were quite kind. It doesn't actually use our name at any point. Which, I've worked you know. here for three and a half years. That gives me the right... Past tense. <laughs> <laughs> no, past tense, I don't work. So, <laughs> so is, can I just ask questions? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. please. So, so you're pub- you're, you are a brewery still publishing? Yes, yeah. Um, do you get people submitting work to you? Yes, yeah, we do. How does that process work? Um, different depending on uh, who's doing it, I guess. Um, I'd say the main way we'd like it would be kind of like a summary of what it's about and a few images, first of all. That's probably a good way if we don't know you. Uh, if we do know you, then you just buy us a drink and tell us about it. That's <laughs> generally <laughs> <laughs> the best way to do it. Dave, that's kind of what you like as well, isn't it? That's, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All Avery Hill business. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's the only way we work. <laughs> it's working out so far. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, things you've got coming up for this year? God. In a, a, um, a broader Avery Hill sense. Um, yeah, I've just been writing press releases about it, so I, sh- I should know, shouldn't I? Um, okay, so right, we're doing Rachel Smith's next book, um, who, yeah, like I said earlier, she did House Party, which is up there on the spotlight book, so we're doing her follow-up to that, which is called The Rabbit, um, which is going to be excellent, um, and what else are we doing? I've got totally blank. Donya Todd. Oh yeah, Donya Todd, I uh, don't know if anyone knows her work, we're doing um, a book about a dog who is called Butter Tubbs, who wants to be a hero, and the problem is he sweats butter, so he slips over quite a lot and catches <laughs> things on fire. Um, but if you know her work, you'll kind of understand why that is going to be brilliant. Um, and oh, uh, there's this uh, girl called Tilly Walden, who is American, and she's 18, and just, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of emailed, I saw her work last year, and I emailed her, and um said we'd really like to do a collection of some of your strips and her reply was yeah I'm really busy at the moment I'm just finishing high school and I was like <laughs> okay yeah um, and she's uh, Andy uh, Oliver over there she's on a spotlight about her in Broken Frontier and she is astonishing she's one of the best young comics people I've ever seen really um, yeah it's just scary how good she is um, yeah um, and we're doing a book with Daria Lastova, who's a uh, Ukrainian illustrator, and she's done a series of pin-ups of musicians she likes. It's kind of an A to Z of musicians. It's called Ace Ramos. And, yeah, I don't think any of her work would be here, but, again, she does amazing stuff. She's really good. And there's uh, more coming out that we're announcing on Friday as well. And, yeah, a couple of big ones. <laughs> and, Julie, you've uh, just started a new project. Um, yeah, yeah. So I've I've decided um, that I was um, going to start running a small 
um, zine distro basically. So uh, it's called Runbeat, and um, I run it with my friend Sarah. And it's a feminist zine collective, and we're going to be making um, one big anthology every year um, on a theme. And then we're going to take on um, work from people who maybe aren't that established in the small press scene yet, and um, kind of help them make zines and um, take them around. And, um, Do you want to talk about your upcoming project? Um, or is it not? No, sorry, I was just going to think. Um, yeah, um, the the next thing that we're doing is just um, just a silly little thing. It's just a it's a Slater it's a Slater Kinney fanzine because we we all got very excited because Slater and are touring and we're going to go see them at the end of this month and um, like so many people I know in comics are massive fans. So we just decided to put together this little fanzine, which is actually probably going to end up having a spine because we already have forty pages. People really love Slater Kinney. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so all these contributors. When you just said it's going to be a little thing, I was like, it's not. It's going to be huge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Loads of people are doing. So it's basically yeah. So we're basically doing two anthologies a year, <laughs> I guess. So it's this one for the spring, and then for <clears throat> this year's Thought Bubble, we're going to do something like we did last year, which was called Double Daria, which was a big kind of A4 full color anthology about Riot Girl. Um, so there's that. Um, and you start a new blog as well. Um, oh yeah, that's the other thing that I keep getting. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, that was basically just, um, I started a little blog, which is just a fashion drawing blog, just because I wanted to have something that I could do warm-up sketches to, and something that didn't feel really important and stressful, <laughs> because um, I, I tend to overlook myself with, with projects. So much that I start to hate drawing, so I always to um, um, find something that still makes fun. So yeah, um, it's me and there's three other illustrators as well: uh, Liz Lunny, Jess Milton, and Chloe Salt. And yeah, just a little like sketch blog. Do you think there was an inspiration from Metroland, where you were sort of thinking about drawing fashion more than you probably had been before? Um, not directly, because I think I I always. Like been to, yeah, yeah. I, I always like to think about um, the way what clothes people wear and the way they would wear them. Yeah, it's a thing that a lot of comic creators overlook, isn't it? They sort of oh, use clothing yeah. as a very functional. Yeah, thing. yeah. It used to drive me insane looking at superhero comics and and just seeing you know superheroes wearing like I don't know like bootcut jeans and <laughs> girls always wearing like thongs that are just like peeking out of their like, bootcut <laughs> jeans and like cowboy boots and just like, what. <laughs> Where, where, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. There's a great period when Paul Smith was drawing the X-Men and he kind of gave them all a wardrobe. So you'd sort of be reading the comic and you'd be like, oh, Wolverine's wearing that sweater again. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it was really interesting. They have like little signature pieces like, you know, Nightcrawler would have a nice belt that you'd sort of spot. Oh, this must be a big night for Kurt. He's putting his his lovely belt on for his date with Amanda Seffin. Yeah, but it was a thing where it just made it um, so much richer as an experience. I know, like Jamie McKelvey, obviously. Uh, yeah, is, he's, is fascinated he's good, by that as well. Yeah, he's good um, at drawing the way people actually dress, um, which is nice. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about it actually. Um, could you, do you guys? Uh, there's a TV show called Broad City, and there was this um, article about it uh, about the. 
um, fashion uh, person, costume designer on it, and they were talking about how, because it's about two broke girls living in New York, just about how they're kind of reusing the wardrobe over and over again just to make it feel like a little bit more realistic. Yeah, I was just thinking about how in comics and TV shows people don't really do that <laughs> that much, so yeah, pretty good to start. Yeah, we should Recycling. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's clothes. Um, do you want to tell everyone the name of your blog? Because it's a very good name. Oh, I'm as sorry. well as good drawings. The drawings yeah. are great as well, but the name of the blog is. It's uh, uh, my boyfriend Alistair actually came up with it because uh, <laughs> I, I, I asked him, I, I said, I need a pun that's uh, for drawing and for clothes, and it's called Penciled Skirts. <laughs> no groans, Nick. I feel like for a pun, that's like through the roof, isn't it? <laughs> Um, does anyone have any final questions before we wrap things up? I just Julie remembered has... another pen I used, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you want to know about this. But People, they, they love hearing about pens. I, I, uh, for detail work, I started buying on uh, the Cold Pens website these disposable little Japanese brush pens called... Um, Oh, okay. Now I forgot what they're called. Um, <laughs> oh no, wait, Kurataki. And um, they're they're disposable ones. They're they're quite cheap, and they've got <coughs> quite a like hard little brush on it. So they're really really good for small detail work okay. because the pencil brush pen is so yeah, impossible to yeah. What, what was it called? Um, I think it's called the Kurataki. I'll look it up um, after just to make sure. <laughs> but yeah, it's basically if you go to cold pens and to their brush pen section, it, oh, it's like their disposable ones. And Ricky, yours was the big, I believe. All the way through. <laughs> 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 it doesn't look like it. It's Genuine a telltale line. Some of it is in big. Oh, yeah. sure. Genuine. Sure. Um, thank you very much. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. What, what would you say is the main kind of promotional activities that you do for the work coming out of AZ? Main promotional activities? Yeah, like, is it just get the word out as much as you can, or are there certain, like, sites or yeah, areas? Yeah, there, there are certain the sites that um, are into that kind of thing. Uh, one of the gentlemen behind you is actually uh, one of the writers. Uh, yeah, so we, we have a list of um, journalists that we send PR to, basically. Uh, we all do kind of little parties, like we've had some here, and Orbital as well, um, and other places. So, yeah, if you want, uh, email me and I, I can send you some links and things if you want. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I would say, uh, in terms of like UK comics, for, for self published, the Broken Frontier is the best site. Yeah, Broken Frontier. Of that. Because it's, they, they focus on uh, that sort of thing particularly well. So, another email for you, Andy. There you go. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> he's running low. I've heard he's running low. He's almost out, so stack them up. Andy Oliver, A N D. But um, yeah, there's there's a lot of very good, uh, you know, comics journalism and some some bad ones. And it's, it, it only takes a little look to work out who the good ones are. Um, the FBI site is very good as well. Yeah. FBI blog uh, is very good. But I think, but the FBI blog, you know, just because of the name, Forbidden Planet International. Yeah. So it, it sort of straight away, it's not actually going to be as focused on that stuff as someone like Broken Frontier, which is very much about putting that stuff um, to the forefront. Tony Yesman at Delman Tubes as well. Yeah, Delman Tubes is good. And um, uh, Zainab, Comics and Co. Yeah. Is, is very good. You know, they're the, uh, they're the places I do the small press buy in the gosh, and they're the places that I look what was the last one you said, sorry? Comics and Cola. It's a blog by um, a woman called Zainab Akbar. And, uh, it's, yeah, and again, she does 
an incredible range of stuff. She does stuff yeah. in translation, US stuff, but also that's a, a, a very good... Basically, if something ends up in all those places, it's good. And like Avery Hill uh, ends up in all those places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. When you started out, um, did you just quit your job, or did you go... <laughs> no, it, it, part-time? Can I guess you did overtime when you started? You did as many hours as you could to get the money together. To Actually, I, I probably work more hours now than I did when we first started, um, which I don't know if that's a bad sign or not. Um, no, no, I mean, we both work full-time. As We both got day jobs, me okay. and Dave. Unre- um, unrelated? Or? Yes, totally. I work in stockbroking, and yeah, <laughs> Dave works as a finance manager as well. Are you still a finance manager? Is that what you do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what each other does. <laughs> we've, we've done a, a process session before, just with Avery Hill, and at that uh, one, someone asked Dave about working full-time as a comics publisher, which I think is, joking aside, testament to the work that you do, in that it looks like you're doing nothing but this, whereas yeah. in fact you're working around uh, a full-time... It, it kind of works conversely for me, because when I meet full-time comics publishers, I'm like, what do you do all day? Like, seriously, <laughs> how much can there be to it? <laughs> do you find there's things that you want to do, and yeah. you just think, I just haven't got time? Yeah, you should see a to-do list, it's astonishing, it's just, it's a bottomless pit, you can spend your whole life just throwing it down the Avery Hill well if you want to, mm. um, but... Fortunately, our day jobs and life stop us doing that. But, yeah, I mean, often I'll be at my proper job just doing Avery Hill stuff when my boss isn't around. <laughs> <laughs> you know where it points? I'll edit that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll edit that. Yeah. Strangely, they don't listen to this kind of thing. They, 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 don't, they don't know anything about comics, really. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, literally any spare time. Like, yeah, I was up to all... Like hours last night doing stuff on the website and yeah when we're releasing stuff the PR that you have to send out I'll either send it oh, I, yeah I, I think I did it at half past six in the morning or something like that when I woke up and mm. did it and sitting in bed before I had to get off work and stuff just thinking oh god I've got to get that out um, so <laughs> yeah it's kind of a lot of that really <laughs> do you think there's also an element though where because you have limited time and resources yeah it kind of means you can only do the good stuff yeah, exactly. It's kind of like um, you just kind of you really narrow it down to the things you're passionate about. Yeah, and you really want to. It's do. the trick is just being very focused and just getting it done. Um, might not be as good as you want it to be, but it's probably good enough. Yes. Um, and the trick, yeah, the trick is working with creators who don't need much handholding in general. They're just people who get on with it, and they we tend to pick people who are used to the small press scene, and they're quite happy doing their own thing, even if we don't do stuff for them. Um, and yeah, ones who don't need much editing. And, yeah, as soon as you get ones where they need a bit more hand-holding, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is what everyone does all day, right? <laughs> and also, with things like emails, the more you reply to them, the more you get back. So if you just send one reply a day, then you pretty much get everything done you want to. You just make sure you get it all done in that same email. Good. <laughs> one email a day. The Avery Hill story. <laughs> <laughs> Not in total, I mean per person. <laughs> I can edit that, so it's yeah, just yeah, that in total. <laughs> Process is part of the Holdfast Network. Go to holdfastnetwork.com for other podcasts you might enjoy.